0: i Bob. I like coffee. I also like to tell stories. Here at the Bobcast Coffee, it's time for a coffee break. So take a coffee break with me. Pour yourself a cup of your favorite Joe. And by the time you're done with your coffee, you'll know something about me you really didn't want to know. But you will have fun learning it. Just remember, my stories are true for the most part. Today I'm enjoying my cup of joe from a tourist cup from the state of Arizona, showing a nice picture of Monument Valley, and it works great, replenishing my coffee deficiencies. Alright, episode 16, Rednecks and Explosives. Now I can tell you many stories of what not to do. This story is a big one. Just don't do this. Back in the 80s, we were only stupid rednecks taking our lives to the edge. Now in the post-9-11 world, you can be declared a terrorist and have your life turned into something worse than death. So my safety statement today is don't do this. Save your hearing, save your hair. When you are old, you will pay the price for your adventures of youth. This is both good and bad. Without bad decisions in your youth, you won't get great stories when you're old. Yet daily I am reminded of some of my really bad decisions. Sitting 16th row of a Blue Oyster Colt Fog concert was great, but I couldn't hear for three days. But eventually the loud ringing stopped. Was that good for my hearing? No, it was not. Yet I am Bob, and of course that's not where this story ends, or it'd be a very short episode. While I was in college, I was also taking courses with the ROTC department on my way to becoming an officer in the Oklahoma National Guard. One of the fun things we got to do was fire the 75mm cannon at the football games. To do this, the cannon had an adapter that fit into the breech, allowing us to fire shotgun shells. Shotgun shells are not that loud out of a 75-millimeter howitzer. So to give it any kind of realism, we would cut the shells open and replace the insides with blasting powder. And if one shotgun shell was good, wouldn't two taped end-to-end be better? And if two taped end-to-end was a bigger, louder bang than three would be the perfect amount to get us into a lot of trouble. So one night after an East Central Tiger touchdown, we set off a triple pack round, which made a marvelous smoke ring that slowly wafted across the stadium and hit into the crowd Now, you would think that these people sitting there enjoying the game would be a little upset about this smoke that was obscuring their view. But no, all they really wanted to complain about was the boom from the cannon. It made everyone jump. It shook the windows on the press box. It shook the windows in the dorm rooms behind the stadium. It shook the windows in some of the houses around the stadium. A few moments later, as we were prepping up another round, Colonel Boyd, the Colonel of the ROTC detachment, showed up to tear into our butts. Yes, he told us we are not allowed to experiment with the powder for the 75 millimeter cannon. Okay, so what Bob heard was The place for experimenting is not here at the football games. What Bob needs to do is find a new venue. So, I'm sitting the next night in my living room with a pound can of blasting powder and a small bit of fuse and a mischievous smile. I take an empty roll of toilet paper, some duct tape, and proceed to make a concussion bomb in my living room. Now I've got this handy-dandy device made. Where am I going to test it out? So I walk across the street to the dean's house. I lived right across the street. I will go over to the lawn. I dig a small hole with my heel, and I put the bomb into his yard. Light the fuse, walk back to my home, turned off all the lights, and watched from my kitchen the yard fill with light and a lot of noise. For the next couple hours, the campus security, the police of Ada, and the dean stood out in the yard trying to figure out what happened. For the rest of the semester, I would pull this prank from time to time, refining my craft. By the beginning of my third year in school, I was in a new apartment. They had actually bought all the houses in front of the dean's house and turned it into a giant parking lot, which meant I had to move. Amazing. I have no idea if those two incidents have anything to do with each other. I think so. So. One of my ROTC compadres comes up to me one day and says, Bob, how big of a boom have you ever made? And of course, my answer to him was not big enough. So this coming weekend, I decided we would go out to the woods and I would make the most impressive boom ever. So, for the next few days, I spent my free time gathering up what I needed. I had a quarter pound of blasting powder, a small block of magnesium, a roll of duct tape, and an empty toilet paper roll. And I get to work Friday night. And I scrape the magnesium into powder. I mix it with the blasting powder. I duct tape. One open end of the toilet paper roll, and then I take the powder and magnesium mix and I put it into the tube, packing it down with a wooden dowel as I went. When the tube was completely full, I used the entire roll of duct tape to wrap up the concussion bomb as tight as possible, making as much pressure on the powder as possible. Now, not only would this be a big boom, it would also be very, very bright. Magnesium burns incredibly bright. Now, I thought briefly about using the Dean's lawn again, but I lived much further away in you know, if it's magnesium, I'm not really sure. I haven't tried this before. If this is going to be a big, bright white flash, or if I'm just going to set everything on fire. So option two, out south of town, out in the woods by the kermit uh office complex, there is a field that we would go play in sometimes. And uh, so Saturday around noon, The gang and I, we drive out to the field. Now, on the way, I realize I have made a great bomb. But I forgot to get a fuse this time. No problem. I'll improvise one. So here I am out in the field. I'm folding paper and putting gunpowder along in the paper and using... Lighter fluid to kind of stick it all together. And I get about three, four, almost five feet of fuse made. And I think this is, this ought to do it. This ought to be good enough. So I step back. I look at my masterpiece. Look at one of my compadres and say, it's showtime. Everybody moved away from me at this point. So I walk over to the bomb, I take out my Zippo, and I light the fuse. And I run back about 20 feet to catch up with everybody else. And we watch that fuse burn, just like in an old pirate movie. It snaps, it puffs, it spits, and it moves along down the paper fuse line until, poof, it stops. We all look at it. Nothing happens. Well, crap. And everybody yells, misfire. So we wait about five minutes. And then I move about halfway in. And I take a look. I can see the fuse. It's not doing anything. So I'm going to wait here about another minute or two. And then I move in a little bit closer. Until I can see the entire fuse. And make sure there's no smoke coming up. that doesn't seem to be slow burning. And I get all the way up to the bomb. There's about five, six inches of fuse left. And I think to myself, I can light this fuse and I'll run back. And just let it blow up while I'm running. It'll look good. All right. So I reach down. Oh, wait. First, I have to say my immortal words. I turn around. I hand one of my buddies... My beer and I say hold my beer and he disappears. And I look over and these people are way on the other side of the of the field now. That's okay. Bob's going through with this. Here comes the Zippo. Down onto the what's left of my fuse. I hit the fire to the fuse and whoosh. Before I could blink, the fuse jumps and then boom. Sometime later, all I know is that I can hear a very loud screaming in my ears, but I can't see anything. I know I'm sitting, and after a long time of sitting, listening to the screaming in my ear, I start actually seeing movement with my eyes, and it's sort of like I'm looking through an x-ray. And I think to myself, I I think I'm in my house. And then quite some time of sitting there looking at the world through an x-ray, my vision just snaps and turns into black and white. And yes, I am in my own living room. I'm sitting and I'm seeing the world in black and white least for most of the evening. And then much later, that high-pitched screaming in my ear dies down just enough to let me hear my friends tell me how cool it was. I just disappeared into this humongous white light. The boom, Bob, it was deafening. The boom echoed across the hills. They said I was still standing when the smoke cleared. So I kind of holler back at them. What did the hospital say? Do I have a concussion? The hospital? We didn't go to the hospital. Yeah, that's right. My friends just brought me back to my apartment and drank all my beer. They said they did keep a beer in my hand just in case I came to. How in the world did I ever survive my friends, let alone myself? When I woke up the next morning, I was actually seen in color again. The ringing in my ears did not hurt as much, but there was a terrible odor. In my house so i got up and i started looking around until i crossed by the mirror in the bathroom and i realized what stunk was me where once i had eyebrows and eyelashes i had nothing but stubs of burnt hair where once i had hair on my head all i had was a burnt mass of mess, this horrible smelling, stinking, burnt flesh. (sighs) I guess somewhere in that fabulously large, bright, loud boom, I lost a lot of hair. And instead of cleaning me up and taking an unconscious Bob to the hospital, my friends Drank my beer instead. This is why I now live with tinnitus and a 30% hearing loss. And let's not even talk about my hairline.